Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered. times in leadership, as we solve one problem, we create two more. I'm your host, Ron Huntley. One of the problems I've seen growing as parish priests begin to work out of teams, prioritize evangelization and leadership, is the difficulty finding passionate lay people who are, as Patrick Lencioni puts it, hungry, humble, and people smart. My guest today, Dominic Parham, the director for Alpha Ireland, shares his journey from industry to full-time ministry. If your parish is going to thrive, you're going to have to recruit lay staff who can make a big impact. Enjoy the show. Lift off and the clock has started. As Catholic lay faithful, there are times in our life where we will have to wrestle with who am I? Why am I here? And what's my purpose? And sometimes that has us considering ministry or full-time ministry. Our guest today, Dominic Parham, is in full-time ministry in Alpha Ireland. And so welcome to the show today, Dominic. Ron, it's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) I want to ask you to share your story with us of your journey from from a a lay Catholic faithful into full-time ministry. Can you give us some insight? I know that people wrestle with this uh, at different times in their life, the stronger they commit to Jesus. Well, the daily wrestle, hopefully not wrestling with God, putting your back out. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Ron, you know, it's so funny when I hear you introducing this topic, it makes me think about the, uh, the way in which ministry or working Let's say working for the Lord sounds lame, <laughs> you know, to the average, the average man or woman. It's like, oh no, what do you mean? Uh, what is that yeah. supposed to mean? Uh, what am I? What do I have to do? And how much discomfort is this? Is this designed to cause me? Or you know, uh, the, the, it conjures something up. Well, I mean, for, for me, it conjures. I was going to say, many... <laughs> tell me the image you're conjuring up because I want to go there. Well, with it just you. it conjures up this kind of. Um, sitting under a fluorescent light, trying to, trying to figure out how you're going to get through the month, you know, it's something. And, and then, and know, nobody to wants to go with you. Yeah, exactly. You know, sort of being alone and, oh, that gosh, I'm doing all this by myself. Bad coffee. And, but bad coffee. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kind of, you know, the sense of just of gloom, you know, that's okay. Yeah. We're going to suffer for the Lord. But that's, that's kind of not it. Um, and that hasn't been my experience of it. And I'm pleased to start that way because, hey, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I could never do this, I could never work for Alpha, or, you know, I could never work for an organization that's going to pay me to do God's stuff and, and live that way, you, you're, you could be wrong. Because <laughs> I, I came from, you know, devout Catholic family. I grew up in a sort of um, a pretty vibrant household. People who love the Lord, my parents really love the Lord. And taught me to love the Lord, but you know, went off and got into industry, right? When it got into got into work, kind of drifted away. What type of work um, did you do? So I worked. So you know, I did what everybody, well, a lot of people do. You go to school, you go to university. You're kind of wondering, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. 
I was lucky to do mission stuff kind of as a, as just post post-grad. Yes. And that kind of drew me back in, but you know, ah. I, I did some discernment. I was like, I'm definitely not going to be a priest. I went on this retreat with a bunch of guys um, who were you know, um, monks and yes. I was miserable. I was, oh my goodness. It was, was it a bad I, coffee, fluorescent light. Was it, but it was, <laughs> no, but it, the coffee was actually good. These guys, these, this is, uh, you know, we have to debunk this. The coffee was good, but the experience, I thought I was losing my mind and I realized, oh my gosh, I can't do that. I, this right. is, this is definitely, I was, you know, just a, a sociable guy. I think I need a wife or, you know, I, you know, this kind of thing. So you do this discernment and I'm not going to talk about my, my, the story of how I met my wife and asked her to go out with me and she turned me down and, oh, you know, went through all that. But the discernment of, oh, actually, uh, actually, I'm just going to be an ordinary family man. And that also feels kind of lame. If you feel like huh. God should be calling you to do something, well, why can't I be an important guy? Like, why can't I be a priest or a monk or why can't I go to Africa and have, you know, be surrounded by people who are missioning to, um, but actually the sense of peace that I had was, no, 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 I'm going to be a family guy. And that was, that was important for me. I remember my early twenties, very clearly discerning this, the, the Jesuits have this discernment thing, the, the Ignatius, that this, the week of discernment, I remember doing that and coming away saying, you know, we're just going to do the boring thing. So I got a job in publishing. I worked I thought I was a really important, you know, publishing type, you know, and I worked in London. I'm from Dublin, worked in London. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed my job. But, you know, I was never, and we started a family, my wife and my beautiful wife, Annie and I, but I was never satisfied with my work because despite the fact that I wanted to provide for my family, I never quite felt that I was doing something, I was doing enough for them. I kind of tried to dabble then. I would do a lot of service work. I did alpha in the university there with the university outreach that was connected to my, to my community group at the time. And, you know, that was cool and that was good, but I still wanted, I was still looking for more. I was looking for more to do, but I wasn't able to join the dots at that time in my life. Mm. I really wanted to do something that was worthwhile for the kingdom. That was this desire I had in my heart. But I couldn't, like, I either wasn't experienced enough, I wasn't able just to kind of run off and join a religious order. I was just a married guy, I needed to provide for his family. Yeah. And that was kind of a conundrum for me. Um, and that was hard, because there aren't actually for maybe, I'm speaking about, you know, the, the noughties here. So 2005, 2006, when I was in my mid 20s, looking at this stuff, right? Yeah, maybe it's different now. But my experience was, and I think it might be the same is, how many opportunities are there for a guy who's got a family to actually do work that's connected to a parish or, you know, uh, outreach or evangelization? There, there wasn't a lot. So I just kept going and I started dabbling in different things. I ended up moving back to Ireland and I did a whole bunch of other work still with publishing and finally ended up with a job with Alpha here. And, uh, a couple of years in became the national director. That was just a couple of years ago, but it's taken until now for me to kind of settle into a, a life where I have a workable job as a lay person that's serving the kingdom of God, that I can actually say, finally, you know, right. I'm, I'm really working as, as a, as a man, as a married man, I've got six kids, you know, good, big Catholic family. We make it work. We don't, we don't make a lot of money, you know, but we, but God is good. And, and we're, 
we're, we make enough, you know, we, yes. we do what we need to do. And it's, it's a, it's a fine, it's a fine piece of work. It's a fine job. It's a fine place to be, but it took me a while, Ron, to kind of find the path. Yeah. Um, but the, the heart is there, but, but where's the path? And that, that took me time. That's for sure. I love that because I think um, one of the important principles here is that, you know, whether it's finally landing in ministry or finally landing in the career path as a publisher or a chief editor or something like, oftentimes we go through a season of we're not there yet. And even when we get there, we realize, oh my gosh, this is way harder than I thought. And I don't know near as much as I thought I did. And I'm just about as incompetent as I ever was. However, (laughs) uh, sometimes we can get to that place where we feel excited and content for a season. But it is a process. And what I'm hearing f- as I listen to your story, Dom, is this call. Like for a lot of people, I know for myself, uh, I didn't get into full-time ministry until I was 40. And so for me, I, I did care about my faith and, and, and the church. And so I served through ministries, including Alpha, but Sunday school teacher and doing different things to help out. But the call to make a difference grew. And I don't know where it came from. It's not like I asked for it. <laughs> it's like there was a there was a grace, there was a call there that propelled me. It's like God was changing my heart and I grew into that. And I, again, I think that changing heart or being attentive to what our heart is longing for is just as relevant if we're in the business world or industry as it is in ministry. Yeah, the key is fall be be it be aware of what your heart is saying. Don't ignore it. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. I would say it's a journey, isn't it? Like you, at the age of 40, could bring all of your industry experience into a Christian environment, a Catholic environment. You were able to add something. And I, I realized that over the years, too. I mean, I've just turned 40. i got to fess up here. I'm getting old. Happy um, Thank you. I'll send you pictures of myself in my 20s. The the years have not been kind. They will continue to not be kind. Anyway, so, but it's, it, it, it was a journey for me. And I realized that back then I didn't actually have as much to offer. What I think might be a little bit of a shame is we as Catholics maybe don't look at this and say, well, how do we become really good at equipping and serving and developing leadership? in ministry situations. Because I think, Ron, the business world has all the principles that are in the Bible uh, and taught in the social teaching of the church, and it applies them and is successful. And we who kind of sit on this great throne of learning and teaching kind of sit there and we're like, hey, would you do the flowers for free for the next 40 years? (laughs) And it's like, wow, I mean, why are, why have we, why did we choose to do it so badly? <laughs> uh, yeah. So the Church of Ireland is like the Church of Canada in many ways. That's that's really good well, to know. It, it, I having been there at a at a at a conference uh, in 2018 and hearing uh, bishops and priests speak about studies that have gone on in the Church in Canada, it's exactly the same. It's yeah. it's just it's a cultural thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I was just literally before we got on this. Um, call together was talking with one of the fellows that I coach and he's in a priest cohort and uh, one of the things he talked about one of the benefits of it is that he's with all these other guys from all kinds of different parts of the world 
and they they run into the same issues. They have the same types of problems. So so for those people, for the priests that are listening, I would say there are people like Dom in your church who God has placed a call on their heart, but they're they could be looking at your church don't really want to do the flowers for 40 years for free, want to make a significant difference in the world, are there opportunities to do that? And in most churches, honestly, the answer is a flat-out no, because our idea of, because we need to fund a salary, and we usually look at our operating costs and, and our collections and go, yeah, we don't have any money. But if we're going to get different results, we're going to have to think differently we're going to have to experiment and take risks and try new things. I've, let me share an example with you. And I, again, just for the sake of encouraging priests out there, I was coaching, one of the churches I was coaching was in Europe, and they don't have a culture of giving to their local church very generously. And it was no different at this person's church. But yet he had a huge vision, and it was an exciting vision. I wanted to jump on a plane, join his church just to help him because it was so compelling. Um and he actually had to make a choice to have a host keeper or to let the host keeper go so that he could afford to get coaching. And he chose coaching. Like, talk about a sacrifice. And yeah. so if you have to let your housekeeper go in order to get coaching, where are you going to get staff? Like, clearly you won't get any. But his vision was so good. And I said to him, listen to yourself. Like, honestly, I want to jump on a plane and join you myself. Are there people, is there anybody of means in your community at all? He said, oh, yeah. I said, can you do me a favor? Can you think of three people you can go talk to, share your vision, tell them what you need, tell them how many people you want to hire, ask them for one-third of that commitment over a three-year period and see what they say. Honest to goodness, two weeks later, he came back, and he had enough money to fund three full-time positions. That three is awesome. full time positions. But then guess what the problem becomes? Where do you find the people? Because we don't have a culture of identifying yeah. and equipping the Dominics of the world. I've, I've got a good example for you of that. There's a young man who I've known for years. He's a Dubliner and he's just been hired by a parish as a youth worker. This is a huge move for the parish. Yes. And it's wonderful. And he's going to be reaching out to the community. He's, he's helping the parish with the young adults and Alpha. He's doing a lot of work with this Catholic parish. But he called me before he took this job and he was like, am I going to be penniless? Right. <laughs> you know, is this the worst mistake I've ever made? Yes. Because this is a young, talented guy, start of his career. He worked in teaching and he, he could have had a pretty, pretty solid, you know, solid career. Just keep doing what you're doing. But then it's like, I'm the only person I know going, taking a left. Yes. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do this work for this parish. This just isn't done for young Catholics enough because what sort of career is this? What is this stuff that we're, mm. we're doing? And actually that, that is the thing that's worth changing because Ron, you're right. It's like, we haven't got permission to tell our story, you know, and the vision that we have. It's like, who needs to give you permission to Tell, tell your story and share the vision that you have for what this community could turn into. Mm. Well, no one does. You, you can share that vision. You can tell that story. I was like, well, maybe we just don't want to be too big for our boots because we're Catholics. <laughs> you know, maybe it's not fair. You know, maybe we should just stay, stay as we are. Um, oh, that's, 
I wish I had my friend Mike Gentile on. I just dropped, we, his podcast just came out this past week and that dry, that thinking drives him nuts. You know, because you said yourself, I didn't just want to be a boring, ordinary church worker, like with the, you know, working for God, you know, this creates this image that isn't appealing at all. But then you also said, just be an ordinary family man. It's like, no, you have this desire to do something significant. Yeah. To make a difference. And so that's that, that passion to make a difference. uh, When that finds a space in, in the Christian world where we can apply these, like, how does it feel when your passion to make a difference and your skills align with your faith as you came into that role with Alpha? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Well, I mean, with with this job, I started at just volunteering, you know, serving on a little committee that was helping plan what was going to happen with Alpha Alpha Ireland. And then from there, I I took on a few hours in the role. And I was also working, I was also working for a radio station, Spirit Radio. Big shout out to them. Superb <laughs> Irish Christian station. And then gradually it was a gradual thing. So, but effectively, the thing is, nothing it, in the organization existed before we started to build it. Right. Alpha Ireland started out with just one person. You know, a priest goes over, meets Nikki Gumbel, and then brings brings it to Ireland. And then it starts from there, right? So we were, we as an organization, and me as a, as a volunteer, you know, just developing an idea and then developing the idea that there could be staff and those staff could do things. These things just need to be thought of. They just need to be uh, planned for. And then, like you said, Ron, someone has to go to the fund uh, that's trying to do charitable funding in your country is, is the person in the parish, whoever, and say, this is what we want. This is what we feel we could do. We could do. And that was, that was what it was. For me, it was just, hey, could you do this? It's like, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, I want to do it. The first time they asked me to do it, I said no. I said no. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like an Annie story somewhere. There's, like, oh there's my, a theme but, here, but I, I, but I have to say this. I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed at the idea that, right? that, yeah, I was, I, I was, I thought this is going to be lame hmm. if I say yes to this. It's not going to be properly uh, organized. It's just, I was in, I, at the time, it was a few years before. I was like, this is going to be lame. But <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. And see, that, this, that goes back to what my made other friend. It wrong? Why did you think it was going to be lame and what made it wrong? Because as you say that, I'm thinking to myself, who was pitching you? Because clearly it wasn't a very compelling vision. And so you, I, I'm But that goes back you. to the embarrassment, okay? Because okay. the people pitching me, these are fantastic people. They, they were like, we think you could be great. And I'm like, well, I think I could be great too. But what if the whole thing isn't great? <laughs> oh, right. um, what if the whole thing doesn't have any legs? What if it's just us and people in their 70s who still hold on to the fire. And that's the only thing we end up doing. Because that to a, a guy in his 20s, early 30s is a killer. Like this is going to be lame. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. I, I mean, most parishes, right? And, and right. no, like, thank goodness for the people that are up there in years that are still holding on to their faith. Like they haven't given up on the next yeah. generation. Oh, I listen, love those people. We love right? you. We absolutely love you. Don't 100%. get me wrong. But so here's what I'm hearing. Then let me rephrase this. So here you're a young guy with lots of passion. They recognize this young guy. They believe in this young guy. Both of you believe in what could happen, but you're afraid that it won't. Is that what I'm, is that what I'm hearing? 
you were afraid that it's just going to be us having cups of tea, thinking about what we could do if we got people excited. But let's just, you know, let's just, okay. let's just keep going. What if we we'll, don't we'll, succeed? Yeah. What if we don't succeed? What if we are embarrassed by what we end up achieving? You know, because you you still want to be you still want to be the person who you are who's able to have friends and isn't embarrassed by his job. Right. I think that's a huge motivation for well, it was for me because maybe I'm just a like a totally proud person, <laughs> but I think I think young guys anyway we think like this. Nobody yeah. nobody wakes up you know and says my 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 young boys. I got three boys. None of them turn around to me and say they want to be something lame. They turn around and say I want to be a doctor. I want to be a Superman fireman. Or- yeah, I am Superman. Like we all, we're all nine years old, kind of thinking. Well, let's do something that makes a difference. Let's make let's 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 get people excited about something. You know, that's what young young men want to do, right. and that's what I wanted to do. And uh, when I say I was wrong, it is it has become exciting. It is exciting, but you have to take that leap of faith. And there weren't weren't a lot of people around me doing it. This was. This it reminds me of Moses leading the people out of the promised land. Like, like it's like, let's get the heck out of here because this stinks. And God's given me a vision for the promised land, a land of milk and honey. Let's go there. Well, it's like, you might fail. In fact, he never made it to the promised land. Let's, for the record. Right. And, and, and he went through a season of a lot of whining and complaining and doubting and turning back and people creating false idols. And, and he had to lead through this season of uncertainty, but his certainty was in his relationship with God and his belief in the promise and his conviction that we're going to get there. And that sounds like in many ways, what you probably had to do. Well, when I started doing this job, my point to the guys was, let's make this good. Whatever we do has to look good, has to appeal, you know, has to, has to make sense. So that whenever someone meets us, they see what we would like them to experience through Alpha, you know, yes. but also through the people who they meet in Alpha, through what we do. So we need to be the best of the things that we do. We don't just be also Rans who happen to do the Christian Catholic thing that we do. That was my greatest fear. Oh, my goodness. It's like, oh, isn't it nice? You know, there they are in their corner and they're doing their thing and that's great. And, you know, we'll throw them a few quid or whatever. No, no, no. We want to be good. We want to innovate. We want to make an impact. We want someone to, it's like if, if, if you were an architect, you'd want to build a city that, that someone walked into and said, I know what person I want to be because I'm here. That's, that's awesome. If you're running anything, that's the way you want it to be. You want someone to encounter something you do. It doesn't matter if it's Facebook or if it's, uh, an invitation on a, on a postcard, or if it's your website, or if it's someone they meet, you want them to know who you are and who they might be by knowing you. That's the key thing about I running a service. No, what, do you know your top five strength themes by any chance? Your Clifton Strength Finders? Theme? I have no idea what they are. Now. My gosh, I'm hearing Maximizer and you like crazy. I'm probably wrong, but you have a high <laughs> standard for quality. And I know yes. with Father James, that was one of, that's one of his values. Like, he really has always had in every area a high standard of quality, a high value on quality. It was important to him because he knows that people who encounter the mass or encounter alpha or encounter the music or encounter the hospitality, the level of our quality is going to leave an impression on people as to whether in terms of impacting their first impressions. Yes. 
And that's yes, important. I think that's right. That's a, yes. that's a, you guys share that in common. It's, I'm just hearing it yeah. loud and clear as well, you share. Well, it's probably the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. But I'll take that, Ron. <laughs> no, but it, but I, but I think it's, I think it's true. I mean, you have, you've got one shot to, to reach someone who has no interest in <laughs> well, I must say, when I came over there to at your invitation to speak, I still have that vest, by the way. Thank you very much. At where I, I saw I, that vest. Do you know what that is? That's a horseman's gilet. I don't even know what that it, is, but just, it's very comfortable. It's basically, if you're listening to this, we we have these kind of armless fleeces, and we got them from from a, a wonderful partner, a friend of ours, who who is in that line of work. <laughs> he gave me, they're so cool though. I wear mine all the time. I got them warm. embroidered. With I saw outfit. one on one of your family members on Twitter. <laughs> That's what I. <laughs> We're still using it. The quality was really good. It made the quality. A the quality. <laughs> I was going to continue to say that as we got together and you gathered your team and introduced me, and then we began to pray into the the, the experience that we were going to have for your conference. I couldn't have been more impressed with the team you assembled, the people that you gathered around you. They're all the things that you just shared were important to you like so what i'm hearing is the humble beginnings and then i didn't walk into that i walked into these this beautiful high functioning loving team who really had a heart for quality and impact and i mean it was an amazing conference it was full to the rafters and well let me throw it right back at you ron you made a huge impact that really was a turning point we had I mean, you might remember at that conference just need to say this we had a little lunch going a couple of the bishops there, a bunch of priests, a bunch of people in parishes. And that was a turning point in Ireland, that, really? that lunch. Yes, because you were there and you made this point. You said, you know what? A lot of, a lot of people don't like Father James. And everybody kind of looked at you and they were like, what? Sorry, Father like, James. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> because he's, he's unpopular because he's changing things and doing things. And that was a turning point for a lot of people. And it was one of those things, you know, I always think the resurrection was really common. Like it was really a commonplace event because it was so kind of like, yeah, he's risen from the dead. There you go. Go get on with things. But like there are these moments in the world, in history or whatever, that just happened and you realize you were there. That was one of those moments for those, for those bishops who were there and for those, those priests, those leaders, it was like, oh, so we don't need to be popular. We, we don't actually have to be liked as our primary we don't, We're not purpose. trying to be liked. Yeah. And for Irish people, you're always trying to get on with people. That was a huge moment for us um, as, as a group. And that, that sense that, oh, yes, we do need to do stuff. The good old-fashioned uh, Irish fist fight broke out as soon as I left. So they really took that to heart. And, <laughs> no, no, just kidding. <laughs> if only. That would have really got to the heart of the matter. You know, your point is, you know, get on with people. I think, I don't know if it, you or somebody else arranged a, a time for me to have lunch with Bishop Fonzie. And so we met in the hotel restaurant. Yeah, that was That me. was the worst idea ever. And it was the that most was fun me. I've ever had. Because <laughs> he loves people and people yeah. love him. He couldn't not say hi to people and they couldn't not say hi to him. It was so fun for me to get interrupted oh, every two seconds. as we I was so I embarrassed. Mean, I, I mean I, that. I, because yeah. he, he was, uh, he's approachable and he's authentic and people love him. I'm thinking to myself, boy, oh boy, oh boy, that's, that's good fodder for leadership right there. That's the character yeah. that I would want. in. Well, I, I was trying to get him, you and he to, to speak. And he was like, I just need to say hi to this guy. I just need to say <laughs> hi to this guy. I was like, 
Oh no. <laughs> Bishop Fonzie, we love you. You're awesome. <laughs> we sure do. That, that was an amazing. So a turning point for Ireland. That's, that, that's really amazing for me to hear. Talk to me about, because I know and the whole world knows we're all going through this at the same time with the impact of the pandemic and I don't know about you. I'm so tired of hearing about it. It's not funny, but we're still living through the reality. Thankfully, yeah. there's vaccines on the way, and so there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. But but when you look into 2021, you know you're the national director for Alpha. You know this layman with six kids. Just you know you've been impacted. We all have. But what's your hope? What's what's your hope for the Church of Ireland, for the ministry, and the difference you're trying to make? Well, I, I mean, I think this is the way that God can speak to us is through things that are unexpected. I was mentioning commonplace things, things that just happen that you thought could happen, but then do. Um, but the pandemic was something that we never thought would happen. I mean, maybe some people did, you know, but here we are. But Jesus, this for me is Jesus knocking at the door. Um, we have been thrown out of our buildings and out of our communities. And in Ireland, Alpha has been running online and it's been so fruitful. And we're seeing dioceses now running Alpha. They're all coming coming around like the campfire, the virtual campfire. <laughs> but I guess for, the, for me, 2021 is actually the year where we really start potentially to think about mission as the thing that we're doing. Just the thing we do. We do mission. You know, Pope Paul VI said the church exists to evangelize. So many of us, right? We keep repeating those words whenever we give talks or, you know, we speak to someone. Did you know that? They're like, well, I, I guess I did, but now I'm, yeah, I don't know. But actually, you need to make it commonplace. You need to make it ordinary. It's like, well, this is just the thing we do, you know? Yeah. We do it. Uh, I think 2021 has that, has that taste to it. And I think go for it, you know, because well, not just because you have nothing else you could be doing, but you know what? This is the opportunity to let Jesus in. That's it. Well, that's beautiful. And so it does seem, because I would agree with you, it seems like a season of invitation. It seems like, guys, I know bringing Alpha online, I've always wanted to do it because I've got some friends who I've invited multiple times who've never come. And I thought, well, what if it was an hour and 15 minutes? What if they could do it from their house? What if they could literally drink a beer while they're watching the video? Uh, would that, would that, I just felt like that would open up new opportunities. And so unfortunately, none of my friends came, but all kinds of other people have come. <laughs> I'm not giving up on my friends. I just love That's right. We all have an invitation clock. Just got to keep asking, <laughs> keep asking. <laughs> but I really think this is a season because one of the things I see as problematic for the, for the Catholic Church as it relates to Alpha is we don't have a culture of invitation. No. And so what happens I see over and over again in Alpha is that, you know, if we even run it, we just go through the people in the pews. And then nobody really invites, or maybe a couple of people do, but I would say probably just as important as if you're going to run an alpha, the second most important thing is, is this culture of invitation that we need to create. Yeah. I was just talking with uh, a church I coached just before this, and I said, you launched alpha, how's it going? And he said, it's going really good. We got three tables. They're doing it online. They're a small church. Um, they've, this is the third time they've run Alpha. 
But they said, we have somebody from Honduras and we have somebody from, from California. And they're in, they're in Canada. And they were so excited. And I thought, that's so cool. Our primary focus, I would say, to churches isn't people all around the world. It's your local geographical parish. But your secondary, it's okay for other people. Right, because we could fill an alpha and have nobody from your geographical area. I'm thinking you're not doing anything to build up your church or not very much. Yeah. But, you know, these people were inviting their sisters and their relatives. And so now all of a sudden they have an opportunity to invite people they couldn't invite before. And that brings hope and joy and passion. And we can do this, this sense of we can do this. And you're right. I think this is a season that we can realize as a parish, we can do this. Yeah, or we 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 can be this. We can be the inviter. Because well, let me tell you one local story for us. One brilliant parish in County Meath tried Alpha Online when this all kicked off last year, and it was a disaster. It really didn't go very well because very few people came. And then we we're like, look, just try it again. And this time it's about personal invitation personal invitation yes. because that's like a, it's like a, a dirty word to us. Like, Oh, we've got to invite people, but yeah, personal invitation. And you know what? It's working, working mm. great. You personally invite people. People often ask us about, Oh, can, can we use Twitter, social media? Can we use fancy stuff? Like, yeah. But if you don't actually ask someone to come, <laughs> they won't come. <laughs> Yeah. It's so true. Like yeah. if, 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 if that's all you take away from this podcast, that <laughs> is the truest thing I've ever heard. You know the way you <laughs> talk to people and you ask them to do something. If you don't do that, they won't do it. <laughs> well, people say, why don't we put ads in the paper? In other words, why don't we all do, why don't we do all these things? So I don't have to go through the discomfort of asking because I'm not comfortable asking. I'll be happy to serve on team. But don't make me ask anybody. Why don't you guys market it in ways that I don't have to ask? And it's like, it actually doesn't work. It yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. And there are great askers out there, right? There are people in your parish who are mm-hmm. ask champions who yes. just haven't had a chance. You just give them something to ask people to. They'll do it. That's, cool. that's for sure. So that's your hope for this year is that church, the Church of Ireland will say, we got this. We got this. Of course you've got it. You've got the Holy Spirit. But like... It was never rocket science, Ron. It was never alpha online. Sure, we'll teach you how to do that. But it's so simple. All you have to say is, this is the thing we do. Because we're just going to try it. We're going to do it. We're going to be this. We're going to inhabit this space. Inhabit the space. That's Uh my hope. That could really bring about a change. What's one or two of the biggest roadblocks that you see? Well, I think think inertia is a huge thing that you want to you want to get over and, and fear. I mean, there's a huge fear that what little we have left will be gone if we, if we kind of push, push people, you know? So if we're looking at it from a, from a parish's point of view, it's like when we've done events with, um, with folks, sometimes it's like, I've got so much to do and to just try and keep going. And you're asking me to do this as well, you know, to evangelize. I'm barely keeping the lights on. And right now, that sense of inertia, it's always a challenge, Ron. It's always a, a sharing of the vision so that people don't feel pushed into it. They just, they just actually so the do it. the whirlwind of ministry has priests and, and church leaders like, I've got nothing left in the tank type thing. Is that what you mean? I think so. I think there's, there's a sense that we're, we're here to manage the decline. Mm. That's our job. 
We need to manage this decline gracefully. Um, Imagine recruiting a young man into that vision. <laughs> you're not going to, are you? You're not going to get anybody excited. You're just going to get folks who are going to help you keep this thing going. And you know what? That's what we need to overcome. The only way to overcome it is to feel like you've got something to say and to have trust in Jesus. So the other great obstacle is an experience of Jesus. Just experience the love of Jesus. If you've never experienced the love of Jesus, you could have been doing this work, ministry work for years, and still feel like, oh, I just haven't got anything to give. Yeah. So that's always my prayer, that the love of Jesus would touch the hearts of those who can make a difference. That's, mm. that's the other big I remember years ago, we were doing a talk, uh, and a person put up their hand and asked Father James, um, you know, but what do you do if you just have a church but with a bunch of old ladies? And his response was the best response. He said, then you take the hill with the little old ladies. Like, don't underestimate the impact little old ladies or little old men can have when they're filled with the love of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Like that's, if that's what you have, then that is exactly where it's going to start. Sarah and Abraham, it looked like they, their, their future was behind them. They had nothing significant to look forward to. And that was not the truth. God did something crazy with them in their senior years and changed the trajectory of the entire world. And so, but it really does start with that experience of the of God's love, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think identifying those those people who can really make a difference. I think mm-hmm. we need to be good finders, identifiers. All the leaders in the church, uh, all of us who have have a way of picking people out and saying, "You can do stuff." You young man, young woman, we have a way of actually trying to. Um, trying to find these people who can, who can make, who can take that hill. If, if we haven't got those people accessible to us, there's always somebody who's accessible to us, who the, the Holy Spirit has left in our path, who's waiting to be invited to help. And it's okay to ask. So I'm going to ask you for two bits of advice as we wrap up. And I'm thinking about the people that are in Ireland right now who are clergy and maybe haven't taken any of these steps yet, if they're listening and, you know, what, what would you invite them to consider in 2021? What would be a step or two they could take if they're like, you know what, Dom, you're right. I'm not going to give way to discouragement and lack of energy and resources. I'm not going to do that. I'm willing to, to, to dust myself off and take a stab at it. Where do they go? What, what would they do? Well, they can come to us, sure. But do you mean more where, where do they go spiritually in their heart? No. Um, let's say their heart's been convicted today. So where, what practical next step could they take? How would they connect with you? What, like, what's the process mm. if that's me? And do I go to your well, website or what do I do? Yeah, I would say come find us. If you're on your knees with the Lord pouring that love into your heart and you want to make a difference, come find us. AlphaIreland.org. Find us anywhere. We're all over the place. And what could I expect? So I, you, I, I email alpha.org i get one of the staff what what can i expect to happen well what you can expect is that we are going to just say to you hey um do you want to give this a try and we're going to get you to experience alpha if you've never experienced it um we're going to invite you to a taste alpha event we have one on the 11th of feb and you can just come and see just come and check it out see what it's like see how to do it particularly do it online 
uh, meet some people, talk, ask some questions, bring along some people who you think could help you. And in a few weeks' time, you will be ready because we'll walk with you. We'll we'll awesome. we'll call you each each month or however much availability you've got. We'll walk with you and get you ready. Uh, that is an amazing opportunity for support. I know you said Feb 11th. I don't know when this podcast will come out. How often do you run those events? Well, we have events going all the time, Ron. We'll we'll okay. keep posting them. Okay. So if you keep keep track of Alpha Ireland's Facebook, you'll see. Yeah, we may be too late for that for that one, but hey, there'll be plenty more. Gotcha. I love. It. What about for the uh, the lay person who's in their church thinking, you know what? I know father's tired or father doesn't have energy, but I'm I, I'm not so sure he wouldn't be open to it. I'm willing to 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 make a difference. And what what would you say to that person? Well, I'd love to hear from them. I mean, I would love to find a way to put dynamic younger people who want to think about their future in in touch with some of the dynamic people I know in Ireland. That's what I'd like to do. Um, Because dynamic people exist. Uh, People who want to make a difference exist. Um, It'd be good to meet them, right? It'd be good to start a conversation. That's the only thing I will say, because I wish I could give you like a list of great websites to go to and solve all your problems. it's not really like that. You just need to meet some good people who say to you, hey, do you ever think about this? Do you ever, do you ever think about trying that? You know, that's what you need. But don't that. give up hope. If you have a heart, in, if you have a fire in your heart, man, God's speaking to you about something. Amen. And you never know where it will lead. It could lead to even ministry. Like you don't know. And not that that's the final goal, not that that's the best outcome, but follow your heart, follow your passion, connect with great people. You know, stay close to Christ and and surround yourself with people who want the best for you. That is just great advice. Hey Amen. That's 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 exactly it, Ron. The people we're with will will shape the possibilities of what we think we can do. That's for sure. You are amazing. I think you're great. I love your team. I pray for Ireland. And uh, and thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you, brother. At St. Benedict Parish, many of the people who have gone on to play a big leadership role and or have become staff were identified and raised up during their time taking and serving on Alpha. Keep the Church of Ireland in your prayers. And if you're a passionate and skilled layperson with a growing call on your heart, don't rule out full-time ministry. The Church could use you. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.